right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. It's the Fan in the Van podcast time. Uh, <laughs> what a weekend of sports. That's... Uh, <laughs> uh, friggin' Tom Brady's got to be a thorn in everyone's side. God, I don't know, I don't know what happened. But one minute he's retired, and the next he decides, screw it, I'm coming back. Um, I, I don't understand why. I mean, what's this unfinished business that you have? I mean, you're 44, you're going to be 45 years old. I think you've handled all the business you need to handle. What, you had to come back to a weak NFC because Russell Wilson's gone, and, you know, you got the Cowboys trading Amari Cooper to Cleveland, which just gives Baker another weapon he'll never know how to utilize. Um, you know, and speaking of that, it was, it was funny when I seen that because out of all the teams and out of everything you could have gotten for Amari Cooper, Cleveland, who couldn't utilize Landry and, uh, and OBJ together, but you're going to manage to utilize Amari Cooper in Cleveland. Okay. Don't see it working, but whatever, but. The one team in the AFC, though, that everybody needs to be on the radar for is the Chargers now. Getting Khalil Mack was something, was, if you thought Brady coming out of retirement was out of left field, so was this. Because I didn't think that if the Bears were really going to trade him, he would have went to L.A., but there he is, and, you know, hey, you know, the Chargers also re-signed Mike Williams to a, it was like three years and $60 million. So you really, you got to look at the Chargers now. And that AFC West is now kind of like a four-way battle for who's going to be atop the AFC West. You know, now you have Wilson in Denver. You have the Chargers emerging. You know, obviously you have the Chiefs. And depending on what Vegas does. Now, if Vegas decides they're going to ship Derek Carr to, to Indy, you know, listen, I'm not saying that Derek Carr is this end or be your quarterback, but Vegas better get a lot in return for him. Uh, you know, it's just still that, the, you know, the Tom Brady thing just annoys me. Like, I come out of the room and I just look at Jay and I'm just like, really? He had to come back? This fuck just had to come back? Couldn't just stay well enough alone and just, just walk away. He doesn't see himself sitting in the stands. You know, and then you had Steeler fans sitting there to go, well, well, good that Brady's back because now Ben gets his moment and, you know, in Canton and it's not going to be all about Brady. I, I don't think that really would have mattered anyway because I think all the, I think, you know, the whole entire Steeler nation would have took over Canton and would have drowned it out Brady's speech anyway. So who really gives a shit? Um, you know. And then, you know, you got the Vikings QB situation, right? So everybody thinks, you know, they're going to trade Kirk Cousins off. And, well, Kirk Cousins is the ultimate swindler of getting guaranteed money. It's like Sam Bradford 2.0. Because in, like, 2019 or whatever it was, he got $19.9 million guaranteed. And then the following year, it's more. This year now, it's, like, $35 million guaranteed. I, I don't get what the fascination is in Minnesota of paying these crappy quarterbacks a shit ton of money for the same result every year, which is mediocrity, but it's Minnesota, and they really haven't been relevant in quite some time, so whatever. Really doesn't matter. Um, 
But on the baseball front, though, the Mets, once again, they strike not once but twice over the weekend. They go and they get Chris Bassett from Oakland. You know, now when you look at that rotation, it's it, on paper, it's a filthy rotation. But it's a matter of what they do when they get on the mound. And then yesterday, they signed Adam Adovino to a one-year, $4 million deal. Is Adovino going to be the same Adovino he was in the Bronx? The guy who could at times handle the pressure and other times couldn't handle the pressure? We don't know. But the Yankees went and did something nobody has seen coming. Nobody had seen this coming. Josh Donaldson... I'm not even going to pronounce the other guy's name, but it was a guy that they got from the Rangers. And he wasn't even there a day. And Ben, and his last name starts with an R, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that either. Uh, for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. Now, I'm kind of mixed on it because I don't know how this Ben guy is a catcher. You knew what you were getting with Gary, but this was supposed to be the year where Gary Sanchez silenced all the doubters. And now we don't get to see if that would have happened. Now, is Gary Sanchez going to be inconsistent in Minnesota? We don't know. But if Gary Sanchez turns it around in Minnesota, you have to sit there and think, maybe he just couldn't be the guy in New York. You know, if Gio Urshela goes back to being a guy that nobody's ever heard of, maybe it's New York that made Gio Urshela who Gio Urshela was in New York. Um, You know, and this coming, you know, the more I think it was the morning of... The morning of which this trade happens where, you know, Boone comes out and he says, right now, Gio is our shortstop, which meant LeMay is your third baseman. You know, and I said on the other one, you know, you should bring in Chris Bryant. He could play third or Shella plays short, you know, and then Glaber plays second. And in worst case scenario, if you don't get a first baseman, well, DJ LeMay is your starting first baseman. Not that that should be the, the greatest choice of all, but it's better than nothing and, you know, I'm being asked, do they still go and get Carlos Correa? You know, and I think they don't at this point. You know, I think, they, you know, listen, Boone came out and Boone says, you know, that they can win with what they have now. No, they can't because if they were able to win with what they had now, we'd have at least three, four more World Series championships under the belt. And we don't. So we can't win. If. We can't win with what we have now. If just getting into the wild card is a winning season for Aaron Boone, then Hal and Brian have to really reconsider who the manager of this team is. You know, because for us Yankee fans, what we're synonymous with most of all is dominance and World Series, not mediocrity and wild cards. That's not what we're known for. You know, and. You know, is this just the beginning of moves we don't see coming? Yeah. Because, again, Cashman Ca- Cashman will make the moves he needs to make, but he'll make the moves you don't see coming. And getting Josh Donaldson, it's like two years left on his contract, $50 million, and immediately everybody's going, oh, the guy who got into it with Garrett Cole. Listen, word, listen words were said. It is what it is. You don't think Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson are going to meet in the locker room, you know, during spring training and sit there, hash it out and go, listen, we're teammates now and this is what it's going to be. And, you know, I'm here to help you guys win a championship. So, you know, let's just put the past in the past and call it a day. Of course, that's what they're going to do. But your question is now, who is the starting catcher? Because, again, it can't be Kyle Hitchikawa. 
It can't be this guy they just traded for. So who is the starting catcher? If I got to hear it's Austin Wells, Austin Wells is still a year or two away from being brought up. And the reason why I say that is because you don't want to bring him up too early like they did Gary Sanchez. He goes on this tear and then he goes down the Gary Sanchez path of inconsistent, 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 inconsistent. You don't want it. You don't want it. You don't need it. Do I think they go and make a trade for a catcher? Yeah. Part of what I read last night is that this move with with Donaldson and the other two, it's part of the bigger picture where now they can maybe flip one of these guys, you know, and and to get Matt Olson and Sean Manea, which is another pitcher we need. Um, And I think one of their catchers out of the deal. Listen, I'm all for it. But the Yankees need to do something. If this is their way of, 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 of kind of shaping the team without going and getting one of the bigger names, as long as they're making moves, I'm for it. But the moves have to produce. And, the mo- and what you're giving up to get these guys has is, is got to make sense. If you're going to overpay for Matt Olson, well, then you might as well just give him Freddie Freeman what he was asking for. Or you might as well just give him Rizzo what he was looking for. And you might as well just gotten Carlos Correa for whatever it was going to cost. You know, the Yankees are worth like $6.25 and change billion dollars. And they're acting like they have to worry about this luxury tax. I get the more you go to over it, the higher the, the, the tax is on it. Listen, I understand that. So it, and that's to a point where they're calling it the Steve Cohen tax because, you know, the league doesn't like the way the Mets are spending money. If you don't like the way the Mets are spending money, then spend money like you are the Mets. You know, Produce a winning product like the Yankees have had in years past. And, you know, you could sit there and say, well, look at teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, you know, the Astros, where they spend all this money and look what it's gotten. Yeah, but the Dodgers have a World Series of spending money and bringing in superstar names. Not that it always works. It'll work for a short time, but it's not going to work forever. Um, You know, and then you look at teams like Tampa, who have dominated the AL East for couple of seasons now and their payroll is like three dollars and 55 cents so you know i get where the yankees are trying to change the blueprint a little bit but you still need you know that dominant first baseman and i would still go after correa i i honestly would because I don't know what this Isaiah guy is from, you know, who was formerly with the Rangers, got shipped to Minnesota, and then 24 hours later, he's going to be playing in the Bronx. I don't know what he is. I, I haven't really seen him play, you know, because, again, I live in New York. I'm not watching Texas Ranger games 24-7, okay? I don't know what he is. I don't know who he is, and I don't know what he's capable of. You know what you're getting in Josh Donaldson, and that's a gold-glove third baseman who can hit for contact, hit for power, and is a game changer. You know, and for that, that part of the deal was, that part of the deal makes all the sense in the world. You know, I think a lot of fans are just upset because, you know, a lot of them wanted Gary Sanchez traded and you got what you wanted. But if Gary Sanchez goes to be what we all thought Gary Sanchez was supposed to be, then, listen, reap what you saw. That, that's all I can tell you. 
Because if Gary Sanchez goes out there and he's the Gary Sanchez he was when they called him up three quarters of the way through the 17 season, where he went on that tear of like 20-something home runs in 50-something games, whatever it was, and he goes back to being that Gary Sanchez and becomes, you know, an all-star catcher again and is, you know, hitting 30, 40 bombs and 150 RBIs a year in Minnesota, you're going to be like, oh, I wish we never traded him. But guess what? You're the same person who wanted him traded. I personally never wanted to see Gary Sanchez get traded. But if this is what it took to get Josh Donaldson, then you kind of have to, you know, it's not a matter of, like, See, it's so hard to discuss for me because I'm so mixed about it because a part of me doesn't want to like Gary Sanchez, but I do because I know what Gary Sanchez is capable of doing. But the, the but the part of this trade that people don't like is the fact that they gave up Gio Urshela. Could you have gotten a deal done without Gio? No, you couldn't have. Because you're not going to trade the top prospect in Anthony Volpe. You're not going to trade him. You're not going to trade the Martian for him. You know, you're not going to trade... DJ LeMayu, no. So in essence, you traded a catcher to get a catcher. You traded a shortstop to get a shortstop. And you traded what could have become a salary problem to take on another team's salary problem. Because I don't think the Twins really wanted to pay him the rest of his deal. And that's why I think Donaldson gets thrown into this trade. You know, all well and good. Whatever, listen. You know, they they in essence did what they were supposed to do. Now, when you talk about first baseman, obviously, you know, the Padres are trying to shop Eric Hosmer and Will Myers off. Now, Hosmer plays first base. Now, it's more for, I guess, to dump, to shave off the cap and try to get under the luxury tax because teams like San Diego, you know, who once never spent money are now spending money like like crazy now. But the thing with that is that Hosmer's also limited. He's limited to a no-trade clause, and he can he could deny up to 10 deals. And it's four years, and it's $60 million. And which Eric Hosmer are you getting? If I'm the Yankees, if you're going to go after a first baseman, go after one or the two that you already know are going to give you what you give you. You know, like Freddie Freeman, you already know what you're getting with him. And with Anthony Rizzo, you kind of, you already know what you're getting with Rizzo. So that's, those are really, for me, the, the, the viable options. Luke Voigt can come out and say, I'm so glad that I have a job coming, that, you know, I have a job this year and blah, blah, blah. But you're not the starting first baseman. You're just not. I said it last time. You, you, you're, good, you're good off the bench, but... Starting every day, no, it's an insurance liability. Luke Voigt at first base every day. And then, you know, the Yankees also signed Tim LaCastro. And that leads to do they bring Brett Gardner back? And a lot of Yankee fans are actually saying they'd be mad if they bring Brett Gardner back. I don't understand why. I don't understand where Brett Gardner became this not so likable guy. I get he's older now. And it would take up a roster spot for somebody who's younger. But you know what? The guy is a homegrown Yankee. He's not going to command much anyway. So you could give him a one-year, $5 million deal. 
and let him just retire a Yankee. Because who knows? Who, who knows what Brett Gardner might be able to provide this year? You know, who knows? If Stanton goes down playing the outfield, you're probably going to need him again. So that, that's a move that I would go for. I would bring him back one year, $5 million. I wouldn't pay any more. I wouldn't pay any more than that. If he's looking for $10, $15 million, well, hate to say it. See you later, Brett. <laughs> but, you know, but jumping back to the NFL, obviously free agency starts this week, and the Sean Watson talks are always, you know, listen, this whole time, even with the legal situation going on, you know, it's always, it, the talks have been there. You know, his camp is trying to push him to the NFC while he's trying to push himself to the AFC North. And one team in particular, and that's my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, like I said, I would take him only once this legal nonsense is out of the way. Now that he's not being, now that he's not being indicted, you know, obviously the NFL is still going to investigate. So he's still got that hurdle. Now, this is the thing and I was talking with people on Twitter yesterday. You know, people like, we don't want to give up the first pick. You're the same people that said the same thing about Minka Fitzpatrick when we brought him in. Oh, look, we traded a first-round pick. We got Minka. You got your first-round pick early. And you're getting it again if you trade that 20th pick, which is not such a hot, it's not such a hot pick. Okay? It's not such a hot pick. So I would trade it because if you look at it from this standpoint, if you trade the next three years worth of first-round draft picks and you get Deshaun Watson, re-sign Juju, extend Deontay, this team forms to what they what they should be, okay? The next three years, those draft picks are going to be in the 20s. They're not going to be top five picks. So what are you really losing out on? And, and the thing that, that Steeler fans have to realize is we have to break this mold of, you know, the Steelers never do anything big. I understand where the Roonies are concerned with making this decision from the fact that that the NFL is still involved. There's still that legal aspect of it. But as far as a grand jury and indictment, that's all to the wayside now. And do I think it's the move they need to make at this point? I think it's the only move to make. I mean, like I said, we could go and get Jimmy G., and trade a fourth rounder and a and and a player and get it done that way. But you don't know what you're getting in Jimmy G. With Deshaun Watson, he's a quarterback where he's a year healthier. That's one. Because he sat out all last year. So you have to remember that. Two, he's very mobile, so he makes an inept offensive line look that much better to where you can plug and play at this point. And he's young. And he fits the offensive scheme that you you know that dictator Matt Canada wants. So, I for one would go and get. I would go and make the deal. You know, you're not giving up six first rounders. It's three first rounders and maybe a third rounder in like 2024. And and that's it because you have to take on the rest of his contract. You know, I think the Steeler organization in itself needs to break the mold of, well, we'll just build through the draft. You know, I I don't know how confident you can be if the Steelers go and draft a Kenny Pickett 
you know, or Malik Willis, who's not going to be there. And honestly, I don't think Pickett's going to be there because now that now that Brady's back, now that Russell Wilson's in Denver, you know, and a couple other things that have occurred, there's certain teams now that are out of having to draft a quarterback, but there's certain teams that still need to draft one. And Carolina's one of them. Even though Carolina's all in on getting Watson, Deshaun Watson has said it himself, I want to go to a team with structure, a winning attitude, you know, and that place for him is Pittsburgh. You know, he likes the structure that Tomlin brings. He likes the organizational value that the Steelers hold. So if I'm if I'm his agent and I'm his camp of people, my client's telling me something, then that's where I go all in. And I know that the Panthers and I know that the Saints both made offers for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he wants to meet with teams first because he does have a no-trade clause. He has to waive it. Now, does he waive it for the Saints? I don't think so. Does he waive it for Carolina? I don't think so. Would he waive it for, say, Seattle? Yeah. Would he waive it for Pittsburgh? Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's really where he wants to go. And it's not only because of the structure. It's not only because of the winning attitude that Tomlin has. It's that Brian Flores is there. Everybody go back to remember when I said, you know, when Flores became available, that Flores and Watson have been talking and they've wanted to team up somewhere. Where better than Pittsburgh? Where you know at some point Flores is going to take the reins of this team when Tomlin either A, retires from coaching or moves up to be the general manager of this team. Or somewhere higher within the organization. What better destination than Pittsburgh? I mean... The salary cap's gone up this year, so Pittsburgh has extra money to play with. So Pittsburgh can go and trade for Watson and probably still be able to give him somewhat of an extension on top of his already extension. You know, but the Steelers also have to go and they also have to extend Juju. And I get this all the time. Well, why do you want to keep a, a, you know, a a wide receiver number three? Because Juju's not a wide receiver number three. Okay. The past two years have been shitty last year being injury and the year before that being Mason. Okay? If they go the road of Mason Rudolph being the quarterback of this team, Juju is as good as gone. But if you bring in a Garoppolo or a Watson, Juju's going to wind up staying because Juju said it in last year's free agency. I want to play with a good quarterback. He doesn't want to go to a team where it has a mediocre quarterback. Okay? He doesn't want to he wasn't doesn't want to go through that. We know what Juju brings to the table. If you're a true Steeler fan, you know what Juju brings to the table. If you're a true fan of the NFL, you know what Juju brings to the table. Okay? Take away the fumble in New Orleans. Take away the injuries. And take away the fact that he had to play alongside one year with Antonio Diva Brown, where that was his best year to date. Antonio left, Juju had the spotlight put on him. Now Juju and Deontay can kind of replicate what should have been Antonio and Juju 
Because Deontay could be that Antonio Brown and Juju could just be Juju. But to have that, you need the quarterback. And Mason ain't the guy to do it. And there's some of out there that still think he is, but he's not. He's not the guy. I, I People on Facebook, we need to give Mason a chance. He had his chance. He blew it. He blew it. Okay, enough. It's time for the Steelers to go. It's time for the Steelers to go down a road that they've never traveled, and that's a road that Steeler fans have never seen. And it's of one of shock and awe where they make this move that you didn't think they would do. It's time to kind of break the mold from what they're used to doing and get creative and do something different. That's what the Steelers need to do here. Because if you don't, it's a very bleak next decade of Steelers football. Just be prepared for it. A bleak 10 years of hearing Mason go, well, you know, I gave him my all, guys. I gave him my all. Uh, but I'm going to go home to my hot girlfriend. And, uh, you know, we'll get it next week. That's not what we want. That is not what we want. But... There's a lot more I could talk about, but we'll save that for uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, you know, but again, at this point, you know, this is where I always like to thank everybody for, you know, always retweeting and following. And, um, you know, because as always, you know, that's what we do. You know, you always got to show appreciation for, you know, for, for those who get you to where they get you. Um you know, so my buddy's obviously at four, uh, 1420 Sports is always, you know, always retweeting, always following. Uh, my buddy Torch the Poet, Nate's Daily Wagers, you know, a whole bunch of others. Um, also, too, you know, everybody always goes, oh, you know, where can I find the podcast? Listen, we're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, Podbean, Bullhorn, Podchasers. We're also on Newsly as well. Um, Newsly is also an Audible app for iOS and Android, obviously. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics, you know, that you could read on. You know, pretty much it makes the whole internet listenable for you at this point. Um, you know, so you can check us out on Newsly, Newsly.me, you know, and there's a promo code FANVAN. So go check us out on there. And uh, everybody stay safe. And as always, peace.